we we'll will get we, there. Will we eventually. get there? I don't um, know. We usually do for we at do least at like twenty the, minutes. Yeah, and then it's gone again. But you know, that's the spirit of Christmas. And is it? Yeah. Is it? It it really hits you that it's Christmas time on like the twenty third, and then it's over. Yeah, I uh, still have a Happy Halloween sign hanging. Nice. Today is on the day that we're recording, December seventh. Yeah. I just I normally take my Halloween decorations down immediately after Halloween, and then I decorate for Christmas the day after Thanksgiving. I just have That's been smart. so lazy this yeah. year that all my Halloween decorations are still up. Um, yeah, I don't. Um, I don't know why I haven't done that because, like, I always wait till after Thanksgiving to put decorations up. But, like, I don't wait to watch, like, holiday movies and stuff. And mm-hmm. then it, like, hit me that I was like, wait, I'm only going to have this tree up for, like, a month. I put so much work into it and it's a bitch to, like, put up and take down. And so it's probably going to be up for, like, the next three months because laziness. Um, I mean, you got to yeah. leave the Christmas decorations yeah. up into January. Exactly. The 12 days of Christmas don't even end until the Epiphany on the 6th. Yeah. Yeah. I just like we we have two trees and then we get real ones for like our downstairs and upstairs. And we have one with lights on. They're not even decorated. I mean, we got them the day before Thanksgiving. But I'm just like when like there's no time. I'm just like whenever there's a weekend, I'm tired and then the weekend's over. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. it just goes and goes and goes. And that's what it's like to be an adult. I was thinking about that earlier today. I was like, wow, I just have to keep working. Yeah. It's terrifying. I don't – like, ever since I started, like, got out of school and started working, I'm just like, my God, time goes so fucking fast. It's so scary. It is, rather. It is. Okay. Well, that was our little bit of existential dread. It's um, yawning and teeth chattering hour. (laughs) It finally kicked in. For context. <laughs> no, I'm just going to leave it at that. No. No. No background. I'm on a a new medication, and I don't know if this is a result of that, but it only started happening after I started taking this medication that's been messing with my sleep schedule and stuff, so I have to assume that it's related to that, because otherwise I've developed a weird new symptom of something else being wrong. But uh, every day at around it, – it depends on when I take the medicine because I take it – you know, it's just in the morning, right? So yeah. it can vary when exactly. But sometime in the evening, today it's around 7 p.m., there's like an hour where I get super sleepy, super drowsy, and I yawn incessantly. And every time I yawn, my teeth chatter for a little <laughs> while afterwards. And it's been it's been happening for a few weeks now since I started taking this medicine. I have no idea of what's going on. I think you're haunted. Um, that might be the it. Ghost, the ghosts heard that you were into them, and they're just inhabiting your body. I hope I that you. So. I hope that you end up with like. I hope that's like so rare, and it's just you that you get to be a new side effect on this specific medication. <laughs> so I'm the side effect. You're just you're the only one, and they can say rare side effects may include yawning and teeth chattering teeth x amount of hours. Well, and I have this habit. Um, and as we all do, I suppose, of Googling any weird symptoms I have yeah. immediately. Yeah. And it's always something dire. Um, <laughs> it's always something horrible. Yep. I'm always like, hang on, guys. my I have heart palpitations. Let me Google that. And it's always like 
are you going to have a heart attack? And I'm like, well, I sure hope not. <laughs> there was a day where I had indigestion for hours. Like, you know, like really sharp pain in your chest yeah, type that indigestion. Sucks. Like, I've had that like yeah. – Or is it – yeah, I think that's what it was. I don't know um, what but it is, I, but it hurts. Well, I've never had that. It was the one time, but it was like hours and hours, like mm-hmm. up into like 3 a.m. or something. And I – it was bad. And uh, boy, did I Google am I having a heart attack many times. Anyway, where was I going with this? Oh, Googling weird symptoms. And I was like, why do my teeth chatter when I yawn? And they were like, well, you might have a rare nerve condition. Uh, It could be deadly. And I was like, well, I'm just not going to worry about it. If it's deadly, it kills me, you know? That – that's what I my so I work obviously like all day on my laptop and so like I don't know why it is but like my nails on my left hand get like these like spots on them oh. but like my nails like white like in the when the nail grows out like the white part mm-hmm. they're like spot like white spots and I'm like okay I don't want to be a fucking Dalmatian and but then my right hand doesn't and oh. like my nails grow I know they grow super fast and so I'm like is it what, what's happening like one hand's fine one hand's I mean, fine. I also get like, spots and my nails yeah. like that but it's yeah like and, and so I went to my doctor and I was like hey girl am I dying because Google says that spots I mean they don't Google doesn't have a photo of like what mine look like but they have photos of them all over the nail and they're like yeah that's probably gonna like kill you and I was like well I don't sure. want that to happen sure. to me um and she's like no that's just uh your nails are getting trauma from typing and I was like do oh. I just like slam down my left hand that much harder than my right hand because it's like that much clumsier I don't know um, but if that happens to you, you're not alone. We can join a club and, um, that's just from working on the laptop. So we're all. the moral of the story is just don't Google your symptoms. Yeah. Just go yeah. to a doctor. That's true. I say after not going to a doctor for many years <laughs> and having many, many symptoms to the point where every time I would complain about something, my parents would go, can you, can you please go to a doctor? I it's fine yeah I remember when like I didn't I think I used to not want to go to the dentist but the doctor was fine but then you started having to get physicals and like get real uncomfy with these doctors and I was like you know what Mm. and then I started like having like very good oral hygiene like at like what 13 because I was like actually flossing is important and so then the dentist was fine like I wasn't scared of cavities anymore because I didn't get them and then the, the doctor turned into be like, yeah, now that's your personal hell. And it still is kind of just like that, you know? Dentist, fine. Mm-hmm. Doctor, would rather not. Yeah. It's always something. I know. And they're always like, ah, oh, we need blood work. And I'm like, I just, if I'm dying, I'm dying. God, I had just a really- Just don't put a needle in me. <laughs> I had a really hot- um, male nurse take my blood one time and I was like this is so regrettable because I look like a potato I wore like the scrumpiest looking shirt because like you had to have your arm available I was like this is this is really just tragic for me I never saw him again I hope he's doing yeah I can one-up you when I have my wisdom teeth out Uh uh-oh it was in college but I came home for it yeah um first of all I pulled up looking awful like Because I was there to yeah. have major surgery. Yeah. Is it major or is it just sur- – I don't know. Um, it was surgery. I had like, yeah. It was – I was into yourself. put to sleep. Yeah. Like, it was surgery. So I'm, like, not wearing makeup. I'm wearing, like, pajama. I'm here to get things, like, bone <laughs> removed from my skull or whatever yeah. and then taken home to be in pain and hopped up on medicine for days, right? And 
the brother who I knew from being in marching band and mother of the guy that I had a crush on on and off for about six years of my life, like middle through high school. Uh, His brother, who again I knew, and his mother were there. And I don't remember what exactly his mom said, but she made some comment that was like kind of a weird backhanded that, that was basically like, wow, you look rough. And I was like, Okay, so love that. And then I went in, they put me to sleep, they took the tea, and like coming out of it, first of all, I was like crying because every time I come out from um, Mm. anesthesia, I'm always crying. Um, And the guy, I don't know if he was like a nurse or an assistant, what he was doing, I don't know, I was very medicated. Um, But he was like helping take care of things and then he like helped me into the wheelchair, like wheeled me out into the parking lot basically. Um, he, I never knew him, but he went to high school with me. Like we graduated in the same year and he was like a really hot soccer player. Oh, apparently very nice as well. And again, like I didn't like talk to him, but I knew of him because he was a really hot, popular soccer player. Uh, He was so nice. Um, but I do remember being like very like anesthesia up and being like, I know you, like we went to school. Who are you? And he was like, oh, I'm like, he told me his name. And I like, remember having this conversation where I was like, I swear, like, I know you, I know who you are. And he was very nice to me. And then I never saw him again. So that does top mine because I I got mine done in senior year of high school. So there was absolutely no high school person I went to school with working at the orthodontist. And now he was a hot dentist or something. I don't know what he's doing. I mean, good for him. Um, Bad for you. Uh, yeah that's that's really unfortunate my mom she drove me to my surgery and i was just really grumpy getting out of the anesthesia and she was so disappointed because i was just like pissed off i was like i want to be able to fucking walk myself i was just not happy and so she was just like all ready to record me being silly and i just never not having it it wasn't silly either both times i've ever been uh like whatever i i Mm -hmm. come out of it crying and I remember when I had my appendix removed, I woke up and I, I was crying and I was really upset. And then I became like conscious of the fact that I was crying and I was apologizing to the nurses that were helping me because I knew it was ridiculous that I was like laying here crying and like couldn't get myself under control. So I was like <laughs> sobbing and also being like, I'm so sorry. Thank you guys so much for help. Like I just got super polite and apologetic. So It's, it's moments like those that you know, really helped me ground myself in romance novels, you know, when like there's a character doing something like so crazy and you're like, that would never happen. And then you do something so crazy and you're like, yeah, okay, I get it. I get, I get the grind. (laughs) Because I can see that. I can see that happening. Sometimes we're just a little bit unhinged. It's fine. Yeah. Or a lot of it because it's Romance Your TBR, the name of this podcast about unhinged historical romance novels. Speaking of one where there's a character who does something that I absolutely am like, that's ridiculous, but me too, girl. Today's episode. We're once again just pulling something out that we've both read because the strike is happening and we're trying to avoid HarperCollins titles. We um, had to pick from a very small array of books to talk about that we've both read recently enough to talk about. And you may think that this book is from a HarperCollins imprint, but it's not. Thank the Lord. Um, And it is seasonally appropriate. Yes. Look at us. Oh, good on us. Mm -hmm. Um, A wallflower Christmas (laughs) before we delete it any longer. Yes. Um, 
by Lisa Clayfus, part of her Wallflower series, and that's why it's interesting because she published it with St. Martin's Press. And I'm like, honestly, mm-hmm. Lisa, that's the best decision you've ever made because that really helped us out here. So it's like she knew. <laughs> she knew. She you know? knew. Yeah. She did. Yeah, and she named the character Hannah, and she's mm-hmm. got brown hair, and she's got green eyes. So I really think Lisa was like, here, Hannah, of 2022. Just have a present from me to you. Have and to that I say thank a you. hot American man named Rafe. My God. Like, bucket list achieved. Like, a, a Mary Jane Wells hero saying my name in the throes of pleasure. Like, we got it. We got it, guys. I can die now. We checked that box. <laughs> we did There's check a- that box. I don't think there's an audiobook of it, but I just downloaded from my library. There's um like a Christmas anthology of four different stories, one of which is by Lisa Kleypas. I don't remember nice. what it's called. Not um true. but the Lisa Kleypas one, I'm pretty sure the heroine is named Caroline and I was she like, knew. oh hell yeah. She knew. Unfortunately, the hero's name is Andrew, which is the name of a a good platonic uh, friend of mine. Like he's he's very lovely and has a girlfriend and so I don't love I I hate when the hero is like the name of somebody that I know. Yeah. I mean it's fine. I read one last night with Will and Abby and my parents are Bill and Abby and it even like Abby A B B I E and that's how my mom's <laughs> legal name is spelled A B B I E. Yeah. So that wasn't great, but they were so different from my parents that it I just ignored that. That's good. I'm I'm It proud might of be you hard with Caroline and Andrew though. That is weird. Maybe he'll have Oh, wait. Yeah, wait, you haven't read it. Maybe he'll have like a nickname or like just his um or a title. His title. Yeah, his yeah. his that's what I'm hoping. Maybe he'll be a he'll Drew. Be fine. Yeah. There we go. Drew looks at me. I had a crush on yeah. a guy named Drew. I played soccer so did one Taylor year Swift. For, uh, Six degrees. I, I know, and I sang that song and I thought about him. He was the older <laughs> oh, brother of my next door neighbor who was my friend, and he played soccer, and I convinced my mom to let me play soccer. We got me pink Uh-oh. shin guards, and that was a terrible decision, and she yeah, knew it going in. Sounds... She was like, Caroline, you don't need to <laughs> play so soccer. That's so much running. <laughs> I was like in the second or third grade, and she was like, you don't need to – I think this is a bad idea, and I convinced her, and – um. I spent most of that season sitting off to the side of the field picking flowers instead of playing in the games. I I was always – I played softball and volleyball, and softball, I'm an outfielder. I mean, I would prefer to be on the bench. Like, that's – like, I would go to the coaches and be like, hey, guys, the bench, I love it. It's, like, my home. Can I stay here? And they're like, why? I'm like, please, I don't want to do it. Because, like, I loved the team aspect, but I hated, like, having to actually do sports. And so, like, when I was in the outfield, I get so scared of bees because I've never been stung by a bee. So, like, <laughs> just the the fear of being stung for the first time by a bee and, like, maybe going into anaphylactic shot because I don't know if I'm allergic. I would get, like – You wouldn't go into – you wouldn't have an allergic reaction on the first sting. You would have well, it on the second. Well, that's good. I didn't know that. But I was also, that's like – That's why like, in The Viscount Who Loves Me, Anthony's – Okay. But you, did you watch the show? Yeah, but I didn't remember it was the second sting. Well, it's it's notable because Anthony is like we never understood like why he could be killed by a bee when he'd um, already been stung I when see. he'd been stung once before. Like we gotcha. saw him get stung by a bee and nothing happened, and they were all confused about it. But it's because you have to develop the allergy; you have to huh. be stung first. Well, maybe then, then softball would have like led to my downfall in that regard. So I was just I'd be like getting chased around by bees, trying to just get some dandelions. And yeah, and then I became a manager in high school of multiple sports, and I was like, "This is what I'm meant to do." 
this is my calling <laughs> because I didn't have to participate, but I could still get on the bus and eat the food. And that's who I am in my heart and soul. And yeah, it was a good time. And and a Wallflower Christmas was a pretty Yeah, we sure did lose the plot again. <laughs> yeah, Wallflower Christmas. Yeah. Um I speaking of losing the plot, I read this uh, a while ago, back when I was reading mm-hmm. the Wallflower series, and I have not reread it. You since probably then. remember it better um, than I do. I don't remember the main plot is the problem. I, I mean I remember that it's like he his dad has given him an ultimatum and he has to like marry I don't know, mm-hmm. this woman or a woman. She's just a, a, a don't remember. Yeah, I don't know. Natalie. I, I did sure. briefly look over a couple of scenes that I remember liking before this. Um, but he the, he's supposed to marry her or mm-hmm. someone, and her cousin is her companion. Oh, you know, fuck, like the you're right. Relation, and yeah. he meets her before he meets Natalie, and they hit it off. Mm-hmm. And so he spends the whole book flirting and falling in love with Hannah yeah. while yeah. also kind of courting Natalie. Yeah. But, like, not really, but, like, he's flirting with her. And he she's kisses her. Him. And he was a little he bit does. that. He was a little Well, I mean, he is a rake. I know, like but it's just something thing. I it, it's just something I'm not like a huge fan of when it happens. And like cuz he and then but then the thing is like Hannah didn't do it. Like she just was like, "Oh, okay." And I'm like, "You're such a good yeah. person." Well, it's not like they were dating or something. No. No. It wasn't like unfaithful to him. He was supposed to marry Natalie. Anyway. But it was it was just like a gut punch when the Natalie was like, "Yeah, he kissed me." And she was like, "What?" <laughs> well, look. He didn't get his reputation. That is true. Dancing with ladies of balls. Ugh. Although I would say balls were probably involved. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because she was her she was her companion, her lady's companion, because she was like the yes. poor cousin. And so then the family was like, why don't why doesn't like Hannah like investigate this rave person to make sure that like they're gonna be a good fit? And then um Natalie was like, yeah, it's fine. I don't really care. And then some things happened in that plot. Like, the first half I wasn't, like, a huge fan of because, like, I, I'm not, like, the biggest fan of, like, when the one person is, like, already or courting someone else or, like, already engaged. And then obviously sometimes it works. This one was ended up, ended up being fine um, because it was part of the larger series. And so you got, like, all those cameos, and that's what really made it um, for me. Yeah, so, and like, I don't really remember cute. the plot. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, this is fine. Yeah. I, I didn't, like, not care while I was reading it. Like, I was, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, yeah. a cute yeah. little story. But I definitely read it for the Wallflowers. Mm-hmm. And those are the scenes that I do. Well, I remember Evie and Lillian's Well, because those stories. are the only scenes that happen. <laughs> well, like, yeah, I guess. I mean, I vaguely remember Daisy and Matthew Well, Daisy and Matthew there. and Simon and Annabelle, they're, like, there. But they don't get POVs and they don't get a sex right. scene. Which I right. feel that's so targeted against me that <laughs> maybe Lisa didn't write this for me. Because if she had that's known, true. I she feel like she wouldn't have caused me such turmoil. Because immediately upon hearing Matthew and Daisy enter that fucking room, and Mary Jane Wells gave Matthew a random ass <laughs> Irish accent. <laughs> oh, like, Mary Jane she, Wells. She has no reason to do that. I think Lisa simply forgot. That she made this man from Boston and not just straight from Ireland. And so when Mary Jane Wells was like, do you remember? Lisa was like, no, I don't know. So then Mary Jane was probably like, yeah, we'll, we'll make him Irish. No, no, I don't think Lisa forgot. I think Mary Jane I Wells just, read that line where it says something about Matthew's Irish, Irish roots. roots. And she was I like, just, oh, his Irish roots, which is I ironic because she narrated Mandolin Spring. I don't, I don't know. How how they could, maybe they just like, didn't have anybody else. They were like, nah, who cares? Well, that had to be because – 
Because then she also gave um, Westcliff the yeah. worst, like, most old man sounding. Why was he talking like that? That was a terrible, but it was bad. He, he, like, he has, like, it sounded like jowly and, like, Shakespearean, yeah. like, very weird. It sounded and like, like an old about, British, like, yeah. grandfather character. Yeah, and he was talking about wine, and I was like, is this the same Westcliff that I know and it love? It was so jarring. I was so confused. So Mary Jane Wells kind of just, like did not care for this audiobook. I respect it. Get the coin. Um, but as soon as I heard Daisy and Matthew, out. that's all I could think about. So then I immediately had to go and reread um, Scandal and Spring. <laughs> and then I read Devil in Winter because that's seasonally appropriate. And then I read Devil in Disguise because I also love that book. So I went on a little tangent there, lost the track, and then found holiday romances again. <laughs> so I also want to reread Devil in Winter, but – that's because when I went back to my digital copy of Wallflower Christmas and I was like, hang on, let mm-hmm. me revisit my two favorite scenes from Wallflower Christmas. They are number one, Sebastian coming back and surprising Evie and having an adorable sex scene. And number two, Lillian asking Marcus basically if he was attracted to another woman and Marcus <laughs> losing his goddamn mind, threatening to spank her with a saddle strap and then – fucking her in a stable as punishment mm-hmm. question mark the best consequences part, quote unquote the best part of matthew or not matthew see he's always on my mind uh marcus dare i say um is that he just like whenever he loses his shit he's at his best you know like the mm-hmm. end of the autumn book mm-hmm. him just like being so flabbergasted that she thought he was like having an affair and then she was like no like i know you wouldn't do that but i thought you were like thinking about wanting to do that and he was like Honestly, that's worse. Like, He's when would I have time? So offended. <laughs> well, and that's when I went back and reread. That's the funniest part of it is him going, "I don't know how you think." It's something about like, I don't know how you think that I could possibly want someone else when we spend every night together <laughs> or have time for someone else yeah because like he's like I literally like you exhaust like I am exhausted like we you know we tumble the sheets every freaking day like where would I get like I'm. Like he's so real for that. Yeah. He's like, girl. He's so it's it's the like indignant outrage that yeah. makes me laugh because he's not even like, oh my god, like how could you think that? Like I love you so much. He's just like, how fucking dare you? How could you even imply what is wrong with you, Lillian? Come out to the stables with me and look at this horse right now. And she's like, We can't have sex. There are some things that should not be done in front of horses. No, children are horses. Yeah. And he says, There are no children here, and my horses don't gossip. Indignant indignant outrage is like some of the best parts of like heroes part mm-hmm. of like the nobility and stuff. Because like mm-hmm. even um in Scandal and Spring when uh Lillian was giving birth and like the indignant mm-hmm. outrage of the doctor just not showing up when they needed him. Oh, and Marcus, Marcus just loses like again loses his shit. And like just when these men who always get what they want and then they get told no and the indignant outrage is just always so good. Especially when they're just like so just have no concept of real life i love i love marcus yes so much yes and he only gets better he only gets better he was fine and it happened one autumn i liked him quite a lot the end made him him. the end made him i was like that brings the book up i enjoyed it losing his his mind every subsequent marcus appearance (laughs) is so good 
the, by the end of the like Ravenels, I'm like, why? Well, I, I love Marcus. Yeah. I why is I'm in love with him? And <sighs> I didn't. That short, I short, ugly you, man. <laughs> he's not made, ugly. Well, he's they always they make just, a like, point not to say hot. <laughs> yeah. They he, make a point to say. Wasn't he like just very average? He has like a like a broad forehead or something like that, where she's like his features shouldn't work together, but he's very striking. Like, and he takes control of the room. He's got he's got charisma. He um, just walks in, figures yeah. out the problem, fixes the problem, That's, and then has that sex was with Lily. Such that was such a good um, catch by you. Like you, I don't know if you said it on a podcast or just when we were talking. But when you said like all he does is just like walk into a room and solve the problem, because then like I reread, because then I reread like all these books, mm-hmm. and like in Devil in Disguise, like he immediately walks in and so- solves the problem. <laughs> and I was like, "You're so right." Like so, I see, Devil in yeah. Winter, he just mm-hmm. shows up, mm-hmm. like has a little awkward conversation with Sebastian, and then spends like the entire rest of the time that he's in that book just like keeping Sebastian from dying. Mm-hmm. And then he leaves. He's got he's got like the specific like thing that they think is gonna save him rather than the bloodletting. Like it was the it was the best um the best I don't know note that you've made because I was like that's so accurate. <laughs> he's just he's so competent. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that it's- man can fix all my problems. <laughs> I would be like, Marcus, I don't know what to do about this. And he would, like, throw money at it, and it would be solved. It would go away immediately. God, I want that life. Wouldn't that I also so would like to be married to Sebastian St. Vincent, though. One of my two favorite blonde dukes named mm-hmm. Sebastian. Mm-hmm. Which is the other of my favorite scenes in that book, is the yeah. scene with him and Evie. Where he was- decorates her with the family jewels. And that's not <laughs> that a That was so good. That was so cute. And she's like, Sebastian, you're not supposed to decorate me. And I was like, mm, I want a man to drape me in diamonds. See, that's that's the that's the type of like holiday homage that I need in like a holiday novella. Mm-hmm. Because like we were talking earlier, like so many of them just like skirt the line of just like being seasonally relevant so that they can like be marketed this way and then they're just not. And so like my note is always just give me more of the holiday that's being like represented because that's what I'm here for. Like, it's December when I'm reading this, most likely. Um, and so decorating her like a fucking tree in the family jewels while she's naked, like that, she she Not understood the assignment. Your Christmas box. <laughs> yeah. She understood the very assignment. Christmassy. Yes, it, like, exactly. You decorate the tree and she's got yes. the whole thing where the wig or the Ooh, toupee ends yeah. up in the tree, which I and am just the- now in this moment remembering <laughs> was so cute. And then the Christmas carol. The Christmas Ugh. Carol actually did make that me was cry the, a that bit. was the best scene or the best um, set of scenes. Yeah, for their relationship, for the main relationship, right? Was that she would like read the Christmas Carol to the children and like it was kind of like he was supposed to kind of be the Scrooge esque character in the book mm-hmm. where he you know all he values is scamming people basically. Like his whole thing was that he would invest their money, lose them the money, like drive them into bad investments, but then like he would get to keep the money that they give him. So like. He's kind of like a little bit Scrooge. What? Yeah. So like, um, his whole thing because he's part of the freaking Bowmans. Um, I don't remember any of this. I thought he was yeah. just a business guy. No, and so he would like his whole thing was that um, he would m- tell people to make bad investments, basically, so that he could like get the capital off of it. But then they would kind of, you know, have no money left. And then she was like, "Well, that's not very nice of you." He's like, "I don't have to be nice. Like, they shouldn't invest with me then." 
don't remember any of this. Which I is, don't. I, but I, I don't do remember specifically Marcus yeah. threatening Lillian with a saddle strap. So we know. <laughs> I where don't my think I'm imagining are. that. I mean, I totally could be. It could be another book, but I think that's correct. Because then, because like I was like noticing like the different like Scrooge. Like he was very obsessed with like money because like his father didn't want to give him the. He like had to make his own money because his father didn't really value him. Right. Um. And then he liked Matthew. Yeah. And then, um, so then he was, like, watching her read the Christmas Carol to these children. Um, and then he would, like, he took Natalie the first time. He, like, walked in. They were just, like, creeping over the corner. And then she's, like, hey, let's go. Like, I see you making eyes at her. Like, I don't like this. And he's, like, no. We're staying. <laughs> we're watching her read the Christmas Carol to these children. And it was very adorable. And then just- he continued to show up when she was reading. I love a little like saw. It's very um like the the scene that makes me want to scream in um the sound of music where she's watching him play the guitar and sing with his family. Mm. Well, that's why we were trying to do a kid episode. That's why we that's were trying true. to talk about people well, it's being not even that, kids. In this instance, it's not about the kids. It's no. about like watching them do something yeah. very there's a I read another um another holiday novella that was very good called love in the stacks and they're she's a librarian and he's an archivist that sounds good it was very good um it's short and spicy and they get snowed in together at a library overnight um that's perfect and they like do their little christmas party and there's a like christmas story time for the kids where she's reading to them Mm -hmm. and he comes in and like listens to the story and makes a comment and leaves and i was like no it's fine i'll just cry it's fine (laughs) it's just so soft well, that's, and they're always, a, like, leaning against the doorway. Yes. I, that's, like, specifically, I think, referenced in this book. Him just, like, leaning casually against all these doorways. Which shouldn't... Why is that a hot thing? I <sighs> love a man who leans who has a, no, uh, his yeah. shoulder against a door. I don't know. Like <laughs> I, I stand bad posture. <laughs> um, like... What book is it? I'm going to need a little bit more than that. Uh... <laughs> Oh, is it? It's Beach Read, where Gus never stands. He's always leaning on things, mm-hmm. and she makes mm-hmm. a comment about like he, something about like he's like weighed down. <laughs> She's like he just doesn't stand up I'm straight. Weighed down with the ghosts of my past. Well, um, in, in Augustus Everett's case, that's fact. It is fact. God, I love that man. He's he's my favorite of the Henry heroes. <sighs> I love a good Gus. Well, actually, Gus he's the only it. Gus I love because that name shouldn't get me going. And yet, but it does. You know, um, anyway, but I, I have a whole section of books in my kids list that are just people being good with children. So not even oh, like yeah. the children being really relevant, but it's just like, no, no, no. It's the about people how they viewing, Yeah. Or like viewing and then like they ovulate because they're like, oh, shit, that was right. real hot. Right. You know, so mm-hmm. there was also like a great line in a, another Christmas novella that we're not going to talk about right now, but um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about it in our episode. And it was so. No, ju- yeah, just hold back because that is the funniest, like, three <laughs> sentences I think I've – I've read in a while. Yeah. I laughed yeah. for a while about the ovulating line. So we'll come back to that. <laughs> and that's the reason I – because, like, it's, like, been living in my mind since I read it and then I saw you post about it and I was like, wait, I know that book. Yeah. And then I was good. And then again. she starts ovulating. Yeah. Um, that's me whenever I man in a historical romance that's, is good with children. It's my new it's my I new character trait. <laughs> instantly start ovulating. <laughs> it's my new character trait. Um and so yeah, that although in this case she's the one who's good with kids. It's just exactly. adorable that he's mm-hmm. enchanted by mm-hmm. her reading mm-hmm. the story. Uh, 
cute. Which oh, and then like, Christmassy. I feel like I used to like sit with my dad and he would read yeah. his Christmas books by the tree like in the weeks leading up to Christmas. Like we really hit that Christmas sweet spot there. Mm-hmm. We read The Night Before Christmas before mm. – um, the, the night before, the night before Christmas, Christmas, I guess. Yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> you know, you got to be accurate. Um, that's about like the only thing. Um, I mean, we all watch movies together, and we watch mm-hmm. Christmas Vacation like ten million times every year. Um, yeah, we don't really do it so much anymore. I just have like core memories of sitting I know. by a tree, and it's just so sweet. I just I like I have this visceral memory of just like walking upstairs because, like I said, we have two trees, and so like walking upstairs and like the upstairs tree is still on, and that's the one with our like clear lights and then like red and white ornaments, and then our downstairs is all like our fun lights and like throughout the ages ornaments and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have like the vivid like scent memory of like walking up, smelling like the tree because it's a little bit hot from the lights, and then like it's Christmas break because I was a kid. And, like, didn't have anything to do besides, like, sit upstairs and, like, sit by the tree. And just, like, the smell now of any Christmas tree just, like, reminds me of that. And that's mm-hmm. why I need real trees because, like, you just can't replicate the smell of a real tree. And I've tried. I've tried so much because I have a fake tree in my room. And then I ended up just, like, hating all of the scents and getting smoked out of my room from all of the, all of the different candle melts. We were a real tree family for many years, but now mm-hmm. we are. We've got our fake tree, and it has made yeah. our life easier, admittedly. So but much I do easier. love a smell. Yeah. I do love the smell of a tree. And then I'm such a sentimental bitch that I would, like, you know, if you go to, like, a restaurant and you can put, like, a quarter in one of those machines and you get, like, one of those tiny little, like, um, ball, like, mm-hmm. with a lid. Um, I put Christmas tree um, needles in one of those, and let me tell you, that preserves the scent all year round. So if you want, like, a hit of Christmas, <laughs> if you want a hit of Christmas, <laughs> open it up, take a, take a snort, take and a then whip. shut it, and then, and then put it back in your desk. Oh, my and God. Then, and then you, you have it. You have Christmas all year round. I just have, like, an evergreen-scented candle. I, I have multiple of those, too. <laughs> yeah, I was real emotional one Christmas, so I started that. And then now I just, like, replace the needles every – because, like, they get funky looking. Like, like they get, like, orange, but they still smell. And let me tell you, that Christmas tree smell is one of my top five scents. That's fair. It's so yeah. good. I am a sucker for a tree. Mm-hmm. I I am Kevin in Home Alone too. Yes. Yes. She's I like, could, oh, I take me to the biggest tree. tree. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that's where I am. I do love- used to – you go. There's the, the tree scene in this one. Where they're decorating the tree. Yeah. Which is sort of – I think, isn't it, like, Lillian is the one who has to direct it because the British people don't know what she's doing. Mm-hmm. Because this is when trees just started becoming yeah, popularized. Because then, then I don't think – I think that's maybe when, like, Daisy makes her appearance with my husband, not hers. And that's also adorable because yeah. they're all decorating the tree together. And they're like, yeah. no, Hannah, stay. Like, decorate the tree with us. And I'm like, oh. Oh, I just thought of my other favorite scene. We'll come back to that. Um, but I was going to say, I just read a um, – it's not quite a, like an anthology. It's three novellas. Um, but they're all the, – the premise of this anthology, quote, unquote, but it's not actually, is that, it, that like all of the stories are happening simultaneously. Mm-hmm. A bunch of different travelers get trapped at this inn before Christmas. Um, so the three stories are all like they start and end around the same time and they take place at the over the course of this anyway one of the characters has german parents or a german father or something and so the 
they're like, oh, I really wanted to like make it to this house party so I could see the Christmas tree. I've never seen one like they were going to have one. And so as a surprise, he sets up a Christmas tree and has everyone help him decorate it. And it was like such a funny – it's one of those like weird historical things Mm -hmm. where like the the concept of a tree – like a Christmas tree was new to them. Yeah. Or like coming from, I guess, Germany. I don't know what the history of Christmas trees are, but I assume the Germans – and so they were, like, decorating it with, like, jewelry and spoons and, like, anything that would shine. And then he would have mm-hmm. the lanterns, like, gas lanterns behind the tree so that it would, like, shine through the branches. Oh, that's smart. But also maybe a little bit of a fire hazard. Well, and they talk about that, too, where he's like, well, normally you would use candles, but we don't have any of that. So we'll, like, do it. So gotcha. it's behind. And he, like, worked in the theater so he could do all the lighting and whatever. It was interesting. I, I always forget in like historical romance that like our customs just aren't maybe around so like whenever like they talk about like running water or like i'm just like oh my like i don't know when that but then i don't know when it started but then like i'll read a historical romance with running water and it's not like a new thing and i'm Mm -hmm. like where are we because i just assume they have nothing i assume there's no light (laughs) like i assume all and they have like electricity i don't know i don't know when it happens i'm not i'm not aware but I always find it so fascinating that these people – like, ice boxes. Like, I'm like, how do they freaking have cold shit? Because, like, I like my ice water. And that – I, like, spiral thinking about, like, keeping food cold. The bare knuckle bastards, they uh, smuggle ice. I think oh, you would find that interesting. They have to, like, go to – they have, like, an ice cellar thing underground to keep it. And there's some – What a metal points. thing to smuggle. Well, ice. or rather, no, 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 they don't, they smuggle other things in the ice, maybe is what it is. But when like, you the get ice as a side, I would, I'd do it for the ice. I don't really remember. I just remember they, they had, they were like transporting ice. Nice. That, that was the important part. Anyway, my other favorite scene from a Wallflower Christmas, which I totally forgot about, I is the scene. Where Hannah confides in – Hannah's upset and she confides in Lillian. And Mm. Daisy Mm -hmm. walks in in the middle of it and is like, what's going on? And Lillian's like, well, you have to keep it a secret. Don't worry. Daisy's better at keeping secrets than I am. Explains the whole situation. But you can't tell anyone that Hannah's in love with Rafe and that Rafe is going to marry Natalie. It's a whole big secret. And then Evie walks in and Daisy's like, come in. Hannah's in love with Rafe. It's a secret. Don't tell anyone. (laughs) And then Annabelle walks in and they're like, come in. Come in. Hannah's in love with Rafe, but it's a secret. Don't tell anyone. Like, <laughs> and then the it was just the found- was so funny. <laughs> and then it was just the found family of that, like her actually oh, having yeah. like the sisters now. Because I mean, she's always like as nice as Natalie was to her. I mean, she was still having to like she was, do like, things for Natalie. You know, like it wasn't like a completely um, non symbiotic relationship. I don't know what I'm saying, but. Um, yeah, that was a good one. That was that was cute. It, just, it like cracked me up every time yeah. because I know full well if I were talking to someone and one of my best friends walked in, I would be like, come in, it's yeah. a secret, don't tell anyone, but here's the entire story. And then if my <laughs> other best friend walked in, we would yeah. be like, come in, here's the entire story, but it's a secret, so you can't tell anyone. Like, Also, the sequence of it happening like three times in a row. <laughs> I, ju- I love the wallflowers. I've never discussed the things that they discuss, but I've somehow yeah. had their exact conversations with my friends. It Clefus obviously does just like you know group banter very well. Um, mm. Obviously, with like like one of my like 
um, weaknesses is like a group of characters from past books. So like um, most of the time it's like a brother, like brothers or like all these men. Um, Cause like they're like gruff. And then, like, you know that they're not gruff with their, like, heroines, but they're gruff mm-hmm. with everyone else. And then the best example of it, to me, is the Tessa Dare, her most recent series. Because, like, I wasn't the biggest fan of book one, The Duchess Deal. But then as you go on to book three, which is my favorite, you have the heroes from books one and two. And they birth a goat together with the hero of book three. Um, so it's just the heroes in this room with a very pregnant goat. And they're all freaking the fuck out. And it's just these now three men having to deal with, like, not being grumpy anymore (laughs) and, like, cool and aloof. And they have to, like, get over it. And then you have the one just cursing in Shakespearean insults. And then the one is just, like, elbow deep in a goat. And then it's just, like, that really lives in my mind. Because it's not, like, again, it just really compounded on each other as, like, the, the heroes got, you know, more. Um, so that's kind of how it feels with um, the later books in the Wallflower series because the first book does so much heavy lifting and then as you get on it's just a lot more fun to just recognize them and see what they're doing mm-hmm. I do love the the later books with their inner, mm-hmm. or like anytime you get Wallflower cameos in the Ravenels yes it's always yeah. such a good time and I know it some is, people don't like that because they don't want to like distract yeah. from the main couple. But I simply I will take a cameo every single time it is offered to me. I I normally will too. Um, there is an Eloisa James series that gets a little bit too much because she's got the 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 couple of the fifth book have like POVs in the first four books I think because like he cheated on her and so they're like in a, in a strange marriage and like. The, the whole series is all about freaking chess and so then you have to like understand both of the characters before their books like if you started with their book you'd be so fucking confused and they like basically take over the plot of like every book prior which didn't really matter because like Eloise is a good enough writer um and I I feel the same way about Clapis. like what I I didn't I don't know. I think it was fine. But again, I wanted more Daisy and Matthew. So like I was eating up everyone hoping we get one. And we rarely did. They were like, oh, yeah, Daisy's off with Matthew. I'm like, yeah, okay. Thanks. Sounds useful. She's writing Ugh. her books. I know. I oh, love that for her. Um, my favorite. Oh, my God. My hair stuck to my phone. That was intense. Um, my favorite. <laughs> My favorite thing about this book was that I don't know if it I don't think it had been established before. Maybe it had been and I didn't remember. Um, but she named like Lisa Kleypas had the audacity to name the three Bowman brothers, Rafe, Reese and Ransom, which is just the most intensely sexy like group of hero names ever. Yeah. Like she hit the the big like the three R's of mm-hmm. heroes. Like, Rafe, Reese, and Ransom? Like, we best get those books at some point. Because you can't just create... We I know. She I know. have to go back in time. But, th- but those are the kids of the... Oh, yeah, you're right. Because that's... They're not, like, the kid kids. They're Ugh. contemporary with the wallflowers. Rough. It's rough out here. It is rough. Um, well, and also, we've already got a Clapus hero named Reese. That's true. That would get confusing. I mean... But I understand entire- your pain. Out of the genre, I feel like there are so many heroes named Reese that I would just go for it. I'd be but like, it's typically fine. that one actually might be interesting because typically a Reese is going to be Welsh. True. 
It's interesting she gave an American the name Reese. Maybe they oh yeah, you're right. I was gonna say maybe they wanted to like feel like they were already in the I mean they're American, they can do whatever they want. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but speaking of rough, why don't we talk about we hinted at uh was it Chekhov's like whipping or whatever? Chekhov's saddle strap. (laughs) Lisa, Lisa, if you're listening, this message is for you. Marcus and Lillian are into some kinky ass shit. Mm-hmm. But they are both switches. They are both into like impact play and power play. We we know this. If you ask Sanch, she, she would say that Lillian regularly pegs Marcus, and I would agree. What a great This is just <sighs> this is just me telling you that you can't have Marcus threaten to mm-hmm. spank Lillian with a saddle strap and then not follow through on that promise. Because we were there. We were in the stable. He was threatening her with consequences. And she was like, oh, I don't really know what we're – is he going to beat me? What? Are, and he should have. <laughs> and frankly, Lillian would have been into it. I – the entire time I was reading It Happened One Autumn, I was like, he should spank her. Why hasn't he? And then, frankly, she should spank him. We can do a little <laughs> role reversal, depending on the time of day, depending on who's feeling a little more dominant in the moment. But I'm just – I can't believe we were threatened and that that threat was not carried through. When we know they're doing it all the goddamn time. And, like, she she clearly had the intention of making us think like this. Like, this wasn't an accident. This was on purpose. Any time. sentence into the book. I know. Any time that an author does this, I just have to assume that they've tempor- temporarily just disassociated with being a reader. Because, like, how... Do you, as a probably reader of romance, not understand that that is the most annoying thing you could ever do? Like, is just, like, place Chekhov's handcuffs, Chekhov's whip, Chekhov's saddle, whatever, strap. Like, how do you do that? Or, like, I I mean, there's, like, a whole Joanna shoot book where he's like, I'm gonna fuck you on this desk. And then he never fucking fucks her on the desk. And I'm like, why would you do that? There's a Kate Bateman where he's like, I'm going to make love to you in the sunlight. And he never does. Like, I can't. We, we deserve Follow through peace. on your promises. Yes. It's the, it's the season. It's the season of, like, peace and hope and shit. Like, I need my peace. And that is getting all the sexual promises. That Marcus like, says, ugh. and I quote, the only thing I find tempting is the idea oh, of taking you to the tack room and applying a saddle strap to your bottom repeatedly with vigor. with vigor. And then Lillian backs away, <laughs> filled with a combination of giddy relief and alarm. alarm. And she says, Marcus, everything's settled. I believe you. I'm not at all worried now. And he says, you should be worried with a chilling softness because it's clear that unless there are consequences for this lack of faith in me, this problem may arise again in the future. So I'm about to remove all doubt about what I want. Listen! And then all he does was have sex with her in the stable. Yeah. And it was sex. like, it That's was not good. what I want. No, it was, it was good, great. but it wasn't. But, damn it, Lisa. I was standing in Those my kitchen. Those were not the consequences that we needed. No. Like, when will you learn that your actions have consequences? Like, I just, I just don't. Like, how do you do that? Or how does an editor let you get away with that? No matter who you are. Like, as an editor, like, if you're an editor out there, please just don't have any, like, it's a simple... promise sexual favors and then, or, like, sexual, like, I don't know, scenes, experiences. And then you just don't get the scene. Like, it's, it hurts. It, it hurts, hurts real bad. 
and Chekhov would be ashamed. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I mean, he... I don't know. It... It hurts. <sighs> that one hurt. It was still a great scene. Mm-hmm. Because as we've already delved into, the indignant outrage of Marcus. But... Yes. We Now I we just, have indignant one, outrage. I felt so betrayed. Yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Hurt and betrayed. Because I really thought we were going to get it too. Because like, it was such a, like, he continued to talk about it. Yeah. He was like, there are going to be consequences. And Lillian was like, ah, what? I was like, girl, as if you're not into it. We know. As if you haven't done the same to him. We know. <laughs> we all know Lillian is pegging Marcus. It's so clear. It's Crystal. You know they're kinky. Uh, it's fine. It's fine. Like I think if I was kinkier in the- than Sebastian and Evie. If I was in the business of writing fan fiction, I'd go crazy with the amount of shit that's promised to me in these books that doesn't get delivered. Like I might pick I up my it. my AO3 writing days yeah. again. Do it. It's fine. It's just yeah, it's fine. I'm just a little bit betrayed. Versus like it's Sebastian and Evie. I again I don't think they're kinky. I think that Sebastian is just like hella good in bed. Mm-hmm. But they're not kinky. They're just very passionate. He's just passionate. He takes the time. Virile. (laughs) He's vigorous and virile. He takes robust like Domino's pizza sauce. What? (laughs) Domino's always describes their sauce as robust. So whenever I see something described as robust, I always think of Domino's pizza. All right. Well, I didn't know that or notice it, but I guess now I will. Yeah. So thanks for ruining that for me. (laughs) Robust. I don't like the way that you say it. And that's how she freaking made uh, Westcliff sound. Like, robust. It's rough. So, yeah. Mary Jane Wells, why'd you do our, our, I don't our know. man like that? I don't know. But only in that one scene, right? Yeah. Afterwards- and then he was normal. In in the, like, Chekhov scene, he was completely fine. I was like, did I miss it? Like, is there another Westcliff that I don't know about? Like, that does he odd. have... Like someone else because I I don't know who was talking in that scene. <laughs> I had to rewind it. I was like, what am I hearing? I'm like I know my memory. <laughs> like I know my memory's not that good, but I I think his name is Westcliff. Like I think he's the. <laughs> I feel like I didn't he's hallucinate the this character. Yeah, yeah. I I truly, you know, I wish I could just give zero fucks like that i unfortunately <laughs> give too many fucks we're handing them out like candy on halloween yeah, yeah. or a candy canes at something relevant to the holiday season that i get a lot of candy really canes executed handed to me metaphor Thank you. i am some may say more half baked than a <laughs> shakespeare <laughs> that's who i am some, oh. some might say you can't disprove it because we don't know out of every person in this world some could say it if i paid so them a lot of money battering his back <laughs> ah it's fine it's normal it's not nerve damage or something god that's so i do hope you end up in one of those fast portions of a medication commercial like where they speed up all the snacks <laughs> There's a one girl in Texas. <laughs> Had this happen. So now it's a side effect. Oh, 
fast portions of the- <laughs> every girl's dream. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, last thoughts on a wallflower Christmas? Um, I mean, I'd recommend it. I like like we said, I think like we read it for the experience ra- like and the atmosphere of the wallflowers rather than mm-hmm. like the main relationship. I was tickled pink to see that her name was Hannah because it's not on the back of the book. Yeah, the back like, of the book talks about Natalie. Yeah. And so when I heard Hannah have a POV, I was like, is this gonna be a Chekhov's Hannah? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, dare I get my hopes up? So then I sped to the summary, which situation (laughs) where like I sped to the summary where I normally don't go and it didn't say anything about Hannah. So then I was like, what is happening? And then I just went to some reviews and they were talking about Hannah. I was like, yes, she made it. She's a main character. I felt so good about myself (sighs) for for those four hours. Actually, probably two because I sped it up. But yeah, it was good. I mean, Lisa's writing. She's got it. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Mm-hmm. It's cute. It's the right amount of Christmas. It is. And the amount of steam for the novella. I mean, how many pages is this? Because um, you have the two sex scenes of the other people. Yeah, Lillian um, and Marcos, Evie and Sebastian, and then wait, what is that? at least one with Rafe and Hannah? Did they get more than one? They got one and a half, basically. I think he, like, ate her out one time. or like he went down on her. Yeah, I think it was, like, outside. There was, like, some stars, oh. I think. I don't, I don't know. Again, that could be my um It was definitely own. it was at least one. Yes. I think one it plus. I think it was one and a half. Because like she she like went to him as to just like experience it and to like get out of her system. And then there was like the final like full full shebang. Right. Um the book itself is like 200 pages so she managed to fit like three and a half sex scenes in like a pretty short novella like i mean it's not i suppose pretty short it's 200 pages um but i was pleased with that development Mm -hmm. so yeah and it's a cute little book to have on your shelf it fills in like if you're like me and you like stack all your mass markets and like if your bookshelves have like random space like it's really hard to fit like one more book on the shelf Mm-hmm. This one fits perfectly. It fills in your holes. I have... All right. <laughs> All right. I think mine – I think it has a step back because I think yes, I got it. mine does. Edition. See, it's pretty. Yeah, it's a pretty step back too. Mm-hmm. It's like – she's got a gold dress. He looks real hot. Go him. Love that <laughs> Well, because the newer edition – I don't know if they also – I haven't seen a new no. copy. But Well, but they redid the cover. It's like – yeah. That that trend where they give them like prom looking dresses and you're like that's I know like they're not necessarily always period accurate on that but give it like at least the silhouette right like why am I looking at prom dresses and that is the rage that I feel about the redone Sarah McLean cover what what isn't it like strapless it's strapless it's got like it's a mermaid like fucking frills galore say yes to the dress like why are we toddlers and tiering a historical romance cover like you're just you're trying to catfish ya readers and they're going to be real fucking confused yeah like that's i i I don't get it um and they went so hard for this cover like they got like green red and white like regency era dresses that look very pretty like they've got details, they've got mm-hmm. the ribbon. Like they're very pretty dresses. Mm-hmm. One I think has like a 
almost looks like a snowflake. And then her dress is gold in the in the step back. Like that's a very well executed cover. And mm-hmm. knowing what the state of covers like are now, mm-hmm. pain mm-hmm. is all I feel. Devastation. Because in the romance community, we have had some very ugly covers recently. And it hurts. Not to name names, but yeah, there have been a two specifically rough <laughs> ones. Like I shed tears. Like w- we're not gonna say on the record, no. but if you th- if you have a guess and want to DM us which yeah. covers you think we're talking about, but like oh the pain. One has has barely been talked about. It's I tweeted like about a it. Damage. I tweeted about it because I had to. I couldn't like I couldn't I couldn't live with just that knowledge inside of me. Like I had to get it out. And so I tweeted about that one. And then the other one has is had got some coverage that's all lies. Like no one can like that cover. And then the amount of people are like, ooh, it's so pretty. I'm like, ooh, you a lying liar who lies. <laughs> like it's devastating. It's devastating. Anyway. That's my villain origin story. Ugly historical romance covers. Yes. Yeah, I mean, Sleep with one at eye least, open. I mean, these ones have heads, but at what cost? You know, <laughs> like, but at I what just, cost? Yeah. Sometimes I, mean, like, I don't want to see your face. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's so me. <laughs> I'm a little bit mean sometimes. We got, we got, so a, we, we got uh, shades that. of bullying. Shades. <laughs> we don't know what covers we're talking about. No. Never, never reveal it. Um, it will would take just days and and weeks of research to find out. Um, but the disservice they do to these models is quite sad. They have to yeah. they just like fuck them up so much because they're beautiful people. Yeah, and then they just th- well, take in Photoshop the case of oh, one. Okay, I don't know about that. <laughs> the other one definitely she's gorgeous. Just take f- f- take Facetune, uh, f- Photoshop, take it away. Like, just take it away from these designers. Like, I don't know what to tell them besides that. How did you, like, part of it, I just, it has to be just, like, no staff. But then they put out very good covers alongside these very bad ones. And I'm like, where did I go wrong? I lost my friend, like, somewhere in the wilderness or whatever, however that goes. I mean, we're in the woods, guys. This is real. Are we out of the woods yet? No. No! Out of the woods. <laughs> I remember <laughs> all the good fucking fonts. Like, Samara Parrish on Twitter, she was like, yeah, apparently Walmart wanted headless covers because that's what Bridgerton did. And then they didn't sell because they're ugly. And then Walmart was like, we don't want these head, we don't want these headless covers because they're not selling. And then uh, I don't, like, they've started to roll back. But they've started to still stay in, like, the very modern photo feel for some of them. And I just don't know what they're trying to do with, like, sans serif font. Like, the font that they did on that Beverly Jenkins book is, like, Comic Sans. It's, like, so close. It was so trying to be Comic Sans. And I'm like, why would you do that? And the fact that we had an original cover that was gorgeous. Like, the models, and they stayed the same, and they're, like, still beautiful, but their heads got chopped off. And then they gave the worst fucking font that I've ever seen. That's my rant. Um, it's it's a real bummer. It really it is. is. You know who's killing the cover game? Well, Ooh. um, not to shout out my own publisher, but we've kind of killed some covers recently. Yes. But that that was not who I was going to say. Um, the historical cover game, Entangled. 
They got it. Entangled? They got it. I haven't read a ton of I've I've got some on my TBR that I really need to read, but mm-hmm. at their covers, bangers. Well, because they they understand. I, I mean, they're, they're, that they're, so they're, much. I understand. They all look a little similar. It's all like a woman. I, I would a prefer that. dress with a handsome man, but like, I want to yeah. sweeping like sweep me away, like with your sweeping dress. Like I just like they they consistently, honestly, for that Eva Devon series, that they did they did good work with that, and Stacy Reed series, the first book, the purple one, they got a little Photoshop heavy. I don't know what they did to that cover. Uh, but the last two very pretty. Um, so what I'm looking and, or, at now, I don't know when this book comes out. Actually, I assume I have an early copy of it because they just send it to me. Um, the Cinderella one, the yeah. not the it's they have two. They have a few I was going to see if they sent out. me. No, there are two Cinderellas. Uh, this one is Cinderella and the Duke by Lydia Drake. I was trying to see if they had included the release date. They did not, so I don't know when it comes out or if it's already out. I don't think so, because I think that's, like, an early box. But I don't know. It must be. There's also Never Cross a Highlander. I want to read that one. It's a black Highlander. Mm Mm-hmm. He's got, like, locks. I was like, what's going on? That's so sick. Sick in, like, a good way. Like, that's so exciting. Yeah, like, Lisa Rain, I think, is the the author. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think he's, like, freeing enslaved people on Scotland. Like, What's going on? I don't know. I'm excited and, for Cinderella and the Duke. And I also think one. Entangled just, like, has their specific, like, imprints of itself. Like, you know, Entangled Amara, Entangled mm-hmm. this, Entangled that. Like, most publishers obviously do. But, like, I think they have enough to where they can just, like, really just go into the genre conventions mm-hmm. very heavily for each one. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate that. And they also – they kill their illustrated covers, too. Like, even if I don't really like – I don't really like a lot of their contemporary books, but, like – I really like a lot of the covers that they put out for them. Mm. Um, and and they're like a very like almost a boutique publisher. Like they're very small mm-hmm. compared to everything else. Are, yeah. So I suppose they have less pressure maybe from um, – And probably more money. Yeah, to, to do. So. I mean, I don't know. I just I got zero clue. But go you. I assume tangled. based on the like influencer box I get from them mm-hmm. that are – They've got like a nice lot, yeah. Goodies in there. Got yeah. a cute mug from them. Go you, Glen Coco. Here's some candy canes. See, that's where that metaphor you wraps go. around. <laughs> Not that you just misquoted the most. I said you. I said you go, Glen Coco. You said go you. Oh, did I? Well, I said it before. I said you go entangled. <laughs> uh, that was painful. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. But not as painful as those recent covers. But on. Okay, well, we've talked for an hour and five minutes. Um, I'm Hannah, if you didn't catch that. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Caroline. Yeah. Doesn't change. Yeah, we're just slipping those introductions in there in the 11th hour. We do love to slip it in at the 11th hour. Oh. Um, We we love epilogue sex. We we really do. (laughs) Go out on a, with a bang. Yeah. Yeah. Go out with a bang. And on that note, I'm going to Target. So. Now? <laughs> yeah, I have an order to pick up. 8.15? I know. Well, I am. I want to eat tacos, and I have the taco stuff, but we don't have lettuce, and I love lettuce. I see. And then, yeah. And then. You I feel need like the I put, lettuce. like. Yeah, I put munch, bagels munch. in for tomorrow. 
spackles. I do love the crunchy lettuce. It's Lettuce is one of my favorite foods. It All enhances right. everything. I love lettuce. I love Little salads. Rabbit. The one time I, I couldn't relate to Parks and Rec was when they bash salads because I love them so much. I quote every single time my dad is like, do you want a vegetable of any kind? But specifically salad. I'm like, I, why would I eat the food that my food eats? <laughs> and I just love it so much. My dad gets – he gets very angry when there is like lettuce near like a burger. <laughs> like he got kind of like combative in the McDonald's drive through the other night because he because he's gluten free and so like he he was like can i get this this uh burger without a bun but also with no lettuce and the guy's like it doesn't come with lettuce and he's like yeah but like when you don't put a bun and you put it in the box they put like a bed of lettuce to put the burger so the burger doesn't like melt through the box and he's like please like i just don't want lettuce and the guy's like it doesn't come with lettuce and he's like okay but it's gonna come with lettuce and then it came with lettuce and his face we were all just laughing because <laughs> he got he gets angry about lettuce like this is his like kryptonite is apparently lettuce on things that he doesn't want lettuce on and this is just bizarre because like lettuce doesn't have a flavor like it doesn't but he 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 gets really passionate about not having to pick off lettuce i mean there was one time when they put like the entire like the entire box was full of like lettuce and that was i think his breaking point and so then this time i think he made it a point to talk and be like hey can you not and they still because there must be like it must be what you have to do if it's like gluten-free without a bun because they don't want to put and they always like also put the cheese first i'm like why would you put the cheese first and then the burger um because they they got rid of their like plastic things that they used to serve their gluten-free burgers in um but yeah that's that's his villain origin story lettuce and i love it so much so i'm taking the midnight train to go get some lettuce and that's where my life is at (laughs) sure yeah i don't really know what to do with that no no but I'll have some good tacos, and that's all that matters. <laughs> um, oh, I have Chinese food. Ooh. Okay. Goodbye, everyone. I'm gonna, I have to go eat sweet sour yes. pork. Ooh. Look at us. Okay. Um, bye-bye. Happy Friday. And yeah. <laughs>